A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. John the Baptist appeared, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was of him that the prophet Isaiah had spoken when he said, A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John wore clothing of camel's hair and had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. At that time, Jerusalem, all Judea, and the whole region around the Jordan were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. When he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce good fruit as evidence of your repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God can raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. A mere shoot, the prophet asserts, shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. It should startle us that our salvation comes from something small, tender, and vulnerable, something hardly noticeable. The ancient Hebrew prophets carved out that place in the human imagination for hope that could only come from God. Advent is a season of hope. Note that we speak of hope, not optimism. There's a great difference between the two. Optimism is our generous assessment of a situation. It might improve. Hope is a theological virtue. It is an act on our part, a conscious opening of ourselves to God. And it's only possible on our part because God is open to us, or as we say, because we are graced. John the Baptist appears in the wilderness proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is a daily renewal of our baptismal promises. In baptism, we were buried with Christ, so that with Christ we might live in newness of life. We often misunderstand living the newness of life as a sequence of I can, I am sorry for my sins, I can do better, I can please you, God. In repenting, we ask the God who has turned towards us, buried us in baptism, 
and raised us to new life, to continue his work of putting us to death. We should think of repentance as an I can't experience. I can't do it myself, God. You buried me in baptism. Bury me again today. Raise me to a new life. The messianic vision of Isaiah is of a world in which creation is reconciled and harmony appears between children and snakes among all kinds of natural enemies. All God's creation eases up on hostility and destruction and finds another way of relating. St. Paul hopes for a church transformed by the power of the Spirit to bring about the kind of Christ-like community that humans cannot create on their own. Paul writes, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to think in harmony with one another, in keeping with Christ Jesus, that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, then, as Christ welcomed you. How do we in such a divided culture speak with one voice? In an interview published this week in the Jesuit magazine America, Pope Francis spoke about a Catholic vision of the Church. The Catholic, Francis said, unites the good and the not-so-good. There's only one people of God. When there is polarization, a divisive mentality arises, which privileges some and leaves others behind. The Catholic always harmonizes differences. The more harmony there is between the differences and the opposites, the more Catholic it is. The more polarization there is, the more one loses the Catholic spirit and falls into a sectarian spirit. This saying is not mine, but I repeat it. What is Catholic is not either or, but is both and combining differences. And this is how we understand the Catholic way of dealing with sin, which is not puritanical. Saints and sinners, both together. John the Baptist is a man of action who insists that we produce good fruit. Richard Rohr often says, We do not think ourselves into new ways of living, We live ourselves into new ways of thinking. So pay attention to what you're already doing to prepare for Christmas. Most of us set up a Christmas manger scene in our homes. It was St. Francis who created history's first manger scene at Grecchio. Our mangers are very Catholic. They're filled with animals, even though the animals don't appear in the Gospels. The ox and the donkey come from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3. Isaiah 60 speaks of a multitude of camels carrying gold and frankincense, so Isaiah's camels bring Matthew's magi to Bethlehem. Luke mentions shepherds, and we just presume they bring their sheep to the manger. But the animals help us to reimagine a world transformed by God's grace. After all, God comes to redeem all of creation. 
Listen to the prophet's invitation. What might it mean for us to embody life in a peaceable kingdom? A life in which predators and their prey, the wolf and the lamb, the cow and the bear, the calf and the lion, learn to live in harmony and without fear, while a little child leads them. At the heart of Christmas is the Christ child who was born among us. Imagine you are the child asleep in the manger, awakening to the vision of God's kingdom. If the wolf can be the guest of the lamb, and the bear and cow can be friends, then no injury or hate can be a guest within the kingdom of my heart. Eden's peace and harmony will only return when first in my heart there hides no harm or ruin, for the peaceable kingdom is in my hands. Advent is a pregnant season, a time for planting seeds and nurturing tender new growth. The contemplative monk Thomas Merton, in his book appropriately called New Seeds of Contemplation, offers this practice. Instead of loving what you think is peace, love other human beings, and love God above all. And instead of hating the people you think are war makers, hate the appetites and disorders in your own soul, which are the causes of war. If you love peace, then hate injustice, hate tyranny, hate greed, but hate these in yourself, not in another.